told the truth. <laughs> McGarvey, sorry. <laughs> I know. Good afternoon. That's, that's McGarvey. <laughs> okay. It's a common mistake. It happens a lot. It's, uh, well, what today is going on with both myself and Matt speaking, I almost feel like uh, Paul Revere may be running around outside uh, shouting, the British are coming, the British are coming. So, if you can excuse my British accent, um, I've been here 12 years now, and it's mellowed some. <laughs> <laughs> You might have to, mate. You might have to. Um, and my, my folks tell me all the time when I'm on the phone that, you sound American now. Not really. <laughs> um, but um, what I will say is six years ago, I was happy to become a citizen of America. And thank you. And funnily enough, of all days, it was April 15th. Welcome, now pay your taxes, <laughs> which I have been for years before that, but yeah, kind of ironic. Yeah. There is a, a plaque in the entranceway at the CIA headquarters in Nanya, Virginia, that states, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Of course, we all know this is a biblical passage, passage from John. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 32. This one verse has been used and misused for decades um, by the secular society and associated with all kinds of meanings with which the apostle John never intended. There was even that line that would flash up at the start of every episode of the X-Files, the truth is out there kind of derivative of it. So, what does this one verse really mean? I want to discuss today what this passage means for us as Christians today and how we can be better by it. But also the bigger question, another question, bigger point, just, you know, what is the truth? So if you will, turn with me to John chapter 8, verses 28 through 32. John chapter 8, verses 28 through 32. We'll begin here in verse 28. Then Jesus said to them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. And He, and he who sent me is with me, the Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In verse 31, abide means to remain or continue. So one who abides in the word of God knows the truth. 
What is the truth? The truth is the gospel. The truth is that Jesus Christ was sent by the Father to be the Savior of all humankind. Through him we are all saved. <clears throat> the word free in this verse refers to freedom from the bondage of sin. So we have been given the greatest gift that God can bestow on man by believing in Christ, being baptized, we are given the gift of eternal life. And through his sacrifice, our sins are forgiven. So how can this truth affect our daily lives? Well, as children of God, we are to be lights in this world. Shining examples. The example of the character of Christ. In a world that sometimes see, sees honesty as some kind of weakness, our belief in the truth that is Jesus Christ, the strength we can get from the Holy Spirit, enables us to walk the line as ambassadors of Christ. Being honest makes us better people. Showing the world the Word of God is not just a requirement of us, it's essential for our eternal promise. Taking the honest approach in life won't make you any friends in this world, sad but true. When Jesus walked the earth 2,000 years ago, he was constantly harassed and hounded by the authorities, by some people in those towns and villages, by the older elite Jews. If, if only they knew that God was walking among them, how different you know, things would have been. But that wasn't what God chose to do. At the time, Jesus was seen as a radi you know, radical rabble-rouser. <clears throat> the rabbis and teachers were very much by the book. You know, the letter of the law, pray a certain way, do this this way, do that that way. Um, but you know, Jesus had a different concept, and the authorities didn't like it. God sent his only begotten son not to please everyone. Walk the line and keep the status quo. No, he was on a mission to preach the truth that is the gospel of the kingdom of God. To ask people to repent and with his sacrifice and resurrection give people the hope that he is the only way to eternal life. But it is difficult. There are temptations all around us as Satan's hold on the world makes it difficult uh, for a Christian today. And Matt may agree with me in this situation where <clears throat> growing up in Britain, the last 30 years in particular, it has become a secular society over there. It's becoming, I describe it as almost like an atheist society now, unfortunately. Um, you get all these massive hundreds of year old cathedrals and you'll have one or two people sitting in them. Massive cathedrals that can hold 10,000 people. Um, and society really is running downhill over there. And so it was nice when I did move over here to America. Not only America in, in general was more religious, but also here in Oklahoma, the Bible Belt, that also helped somewhat. Good place to raise my kids and my family. Um, and where when you mention God 
you're not lit, looked at like you're a weirdo, which you are over there. Yeah. Sad to say, but it's true. Um, I remember a Christian concert I went to back in the late 90s, back in uh, <clears throat> so Wembley Stadium, massive big Christian contrast, uh, concert in 1997, about 50,000 people there. It was great. And just to see that many Christians at one time in Britain was amazing. All singing, singing along. It was a mixture of, of both rock. There was even some rap in there, some Christian rappers. It was great. And folk, regular Christian folk singing. So, it, it, but it, it is, America may be going that way at a slower pace, unfortunately. Britain's already there, and it's sad to see. As always in our daily lives, we have an ongoing battle with Satan, who prowls the earth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The two are polar opposites. Satan and his demons, darkness, sin, and death, and Jesus Christ and God the Father, light, love, and eternal life. If you turn with me to John... Well, we'll stay in chapter 8. Um, we'll move on a few verses. Uh, verses 42 through 44. By the way, the book of John is, the last couple of years, has definitely become one of my favorite books. Um, I love the, <clears throat> the way John describes the eloquence of Jesus' words. Um, and John himself being one of the followers of Jesus himself, a true idea of what was said. He really has a great way with the language in the book. And uh, I just love it, the way that truth is, is uh, throughout the book of John. The truth and light is, is great. Um, verses 42 through 44 of John chapter 8. Verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And there you go. It's so true, isn't it? He invented lying, you know. Um, there is no truth in Satan the devil. The inventor of lies and deception continues his work today. It, see, it seeps into our society everywhere. It was Satan's influence which caused the first sin when Eve ate the fruit in the Garden of Eden. You know, Satan made it seem like, just eat this and you'll be as wise as God. Just do this, just do that, and he had a grip on mankind. You know? And we see it now in the, the progressives and the far left have manipulated, twisted the truth in education, politics, media. One example would be revisionist history, which takes the truth of American history and just completely manipulates, distorts it, twists it. Um, I heard a story there a few months back out, out east somewhere where it was a parent-teacher conference 
and his father was having some issues with what his five-year-old daughter was coming home and saying about what she had been taught at school. So um, this uh, gentleman confronted the teacher and asked her, so what are you teaching the kids about? This is around about Thanksgiving time. What are you teaching them about you know, Thanksgiving and pilgrims and stuff? And she actually told him, well, I do honestly believe that the pilgrims were the first terrorists. Now, unbelievable. And I'm sure she had an explanation for that. But the true history of the pilgrims was they escaped persecution in Britain and Europe, came over here 400 odd years ago, they set up, this was their new home, America, out there on the East Coast. Um, and they, they started to dwell there. They, they met the Indians, the natives. They actually got on with some of them. They did not, the definition of terror is to go out there to kill and maim innocent women and children, to destroy land, destroy um, structures. There's no way. But again, a twist, distorted view of what's going on out there. Um, look at the recent movies, Exodus and Noah. Now, I haven't seen Exodus. I don't intend to. From what I've seen, it, it looks awful. I did see Noah last spring. Now, as far as an action movie goes, it's, it's pretty good, but, I mean, there's not hardly any truth in it. There really isn't. I mean, the only things they got right is that his name is Noah. got that right. Um, he built an ark. Okay, correct. And the rain, the rain came, you know. But everything else, these big rock creatures, who are they supposed to be, you know? Um, and so, you know, Hollywood, it, there was a, a good series a couple of years ago, The Bible. I didn't get to see every episode. That was pretty good. That was pretty close to what we know. Um, but the, the producers and directors, they are actual Christians, and so they know the, the true story because... Um, Hollywood in general is usually incorrect. You know, sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes they don't, don't know the full story. The problem is that the truth is being distorted. You know, kids and young people are seeing these movies and talking, you know, and taking those as what actually happened. That's the problem. So we've got to be aware as parents what our kids are being taught at school. And me personally, for myself, coming from Britain, the education system is somewhat different over there, so a lot of it's gone over my head, but I'm learning, I'm following. My teacher is a sub, my wife is a substitute teacher, so that helps. Um, but we've definitely got to keep an eye on things, because things can get out of hand, and you can lose track before you know it. Your kid's off to college, and they haven't got a clue on the true American history, and they've been fed this progressive stuff that is just so far from the truth, it's, it's unreal. There is a, a constant bombardment of homosexuality and gay marriage. It gets to be a militant stance by some of them, accept our way or else. You know, if you speak out against gay marriage, you're a bigot, you know, you're a homophobe. No. How about I have a different opinion than you? You know, the freedom of speech works both ways. You have a right to say what you want to say. I have a right to say what I want to say, you know? Um, so our kids are going to be hammered with this over the next few years. It's, it's just getting worse and worse. Um, anyone with Christian ideas on this subject must be singled out and fingers point out. 
So let's look at um, Romans chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19. This is actually a scripture that, that Steve gave a few weeks back, and it, it hits some accurate point here too. Um, Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. As Christians, we know the truth about God. Some people have an idea about creation, uh, about how human beings operate. God's beauty is all around us, but some will suppress the truth about it. Man is always coming up with other ideas, evolution versus creation, you know, the Big Bang Theory. Some say, you're your own God, love yourself. God will not be fooled, and he channels his truth through us. But from the foundation of the earth, God had planned to send his only son to save us from the wiles of the devil. There was no way that the father of lies would stop the truth. This has been a continuous battle for millennia. <clears throat> Satan and God trying to, win the soul, trying to win the souls of many. So we come to a position in today's world which was prophesied by Isaiah. And I didn't give this to, to Brian, but Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, we know it. Um, you know, in those days they, they shall call good evil and evil good. But we know the outcome of this eternal battle. We know how the story ends. Satan is vanquished, and Christ will set up his glorious kingdom. I think you can tie in actual, genuine honesty to this verse, too, in, in John chapter 8, verse 32. Um, you know, this is a trait of a true Christian. After all, we're believers and believers in the most perfect one who ever lived, and he never lied. Lying is a sin, and it's impossible for God to sin. In a world where lies are seen as blasé, and everyone lies at some point, we have a duty to separate ourselves from that. It's almost sad to say, <clears throat> but it's nice when you do meet someone who is actually honest and truthful. It can be refreshing. It doesn't reflect well on our society that it's come to this point, though. Two examples in American history for people who were known for their honesty and character are two former presidents, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. George Washington's my personal favorite um, for what he went through as, first of all, the general in the revolution, and just a natural leader, led his men through many battles, lost a lot, but kept on striving, persisting, and they got through. And then as being at the first, you know, the Congress there with everybody that was there, there was only one true leader they all saw and looked up to, and that was 
George Washington. I mean, he physically was taller than them all, too. He was head and shoulders above them in, in terms of stature. Um, but he was a natural leader, and they, that's why they unanimously appointed him as the first president. And again, I think he was the only president who's been unanimously appointed, one every state, both times. But there's a quote from George Washington um, in a letter he wrote to Alexander Hamilton in 1788. Quote, I hope I shall always possess firmness and virtue enough to maintain what I consider the most enviable of all titles, the character of an honest man. Wouldn't it be great to hear somebody say that today? Never mind a politician. And Abraham Lincoln was known as Honest Abe. Not a bad nickname to have earned. And there's a quote I've got from him too. Quote, I am not bound to win, but I am bound to be true. I am not bound to succeed, but I am bound to live by the light that I have. I must stand with anybody that stands right and stand with him while he is right and part with him when he goes wrong. You know, end quote. A lot of great people have made it in life, succeeded by working hard and being honest in their life. So, as I said earlier, what about the, the bigger question? You know, what is truth? That exact question was asked in the Bible. Let's see in what context and what happened. And it is in John, again, chapter 18 this time, verses 30 through, through 38. John 18, verses 30 through 33, 33, as my dad would say, through 38. Begin here in verse 33. And this is when Jesus um, comes before Pontius Pilate. They've arrested him. He's been beaten. Now Pilate needs to ask him some questions because the Jews know they can't officially crucify, execute anybody. You know, the Romans have to do it. So, verse 33, then Pilate entered the praetorium, which was the governor's residence, Pontius Pilate, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Of course, Pilate probably had an idea of what was being said about Jesus, but he asked him anyway, one-to-one, one man-to-man. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? Now, you know, was Pilate's question just an abstract question? You know, what is truth? Well, for Pilate, in some ways it was because his mind had not been open to the real truth. 
Jesus said, you know, I've come into the world to bear witness you know, or to testify to the truth. And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Does that not apply to us? Do we not read the scriptures, see the words of Jesus written in our Bibles and know that he speaks the truth? We know and believe that Jesus speaks the truth. He is of the truth. He is the truth. I know it's a major question anyone can ask. What is truth? Up there with what is the meaning of life? But for us, for Christians searching the way to go in life, our answer to what is truth has to be Jesus Christ is the truth and the Holy Word of God is the truth. Jesus Christ is returning, yes. We know that. But he told us in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, the last few verses of Matthew 28, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Speak the truth, and God will open the minds of, of those he chooses. He does that part, the hard part. But we've got to go out there and preach the gospel to the world, as Jesus said. God inspires us to preach the truth. He powers us with the Holy Spirit, which enables us to put on the mind of Christ and reveal the word of God to the world. Now, there's another scripture here which, which goes into some of this. John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. A couple of chapters back. John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now this is when Jesus has, I believe, some alone time here and he's praying to the Father and this whole chapter is pretty much that prayer. But it, I love the way it describes Jesus when he gets in that moment and it's just him talking to his Father. The, the depth he goes into, how he converses with the Father, really gives us an idea of how to do it. It's beautiful language, it really is. And that's why I love the book of John, the way he goes into such beautiful detail. And the way he um, talks with the Father, like we would to our own Father, it's beautiful language. And here, right here in uh, John chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. And he's talking about the disciples here, he's praying for them. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition. That's Judas, Judas Iscariot, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Sanctify 
in this verse here means to set apart. Jesus was asking the Father that he would let them be set apart from the rest of the world to speak, preach the truth and those who God would call would recognize the truth when it was spoken. And Jesus says, your word is truth. Again, he strongly states that God's word remains true. The truth has set us free. We can't afford to look back at our old selves because we weren't complete before. We were missing something. You know, um, many are called, few are chosen. We were chosen. And we must hold up our end of that great bargain. <clears throat> and leading our lives by shining our light and teaching by example as ambassadors for Christ. So, like so many scriptures, this one verse in the book of John, John chapter 8 and verse 32, can be broken down, analyzed, and applied. As we live in a time of tremendous tumult in the world, it is an awesome calling we have answered. And to have the understanding that we have been set free for knowing the truth, it comforts us. It helps us to focus in on ourselves and with the Holy Spirit lead true and honest lives. Making ourselves not only a Christian who is trying to do good works, but one who people can look at and say, there goes an honest man or woman. My final scripture here is going to be in John chapter 14 <clears throat> and verses 5 through 6. John chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The New King James Study Bible says of this scripture here, verses 5 and 6, quote, Through his death and resurrection, Jesus is the way to the Father. He is also the truth and the life. As truth is a revelation of God, as life is the communication of God to us. So like, right here, basically, I want to summarize what I've been saying here today is this. The truth matters. The truth that is the gospel of the kingdom of God matters. The truth that is Jesus Christ matters. So, having broke the yoke of oppression in our former life, we can move forward in our transformed life, knowing that we are truly blessed. We are free thanks to the unconditional love Christ has for us and has had for us since the dawn of man. We can always look forward to spending eternity with God the Father and Jesus Christ.